0: They have revival chamber right? and it's a attempt to increase the congregation's faith, right? Mm-hmm. To ignite or reignite that flame or fire that they once had in the Lord, that that could have burned out throughout the year, right? So Webster defines the word revive as to restore to consciousness or life, to restore from a depressed, inactive, or unused state bring back or to renew in the mind or memory. Right? For some of us our faith has lost consciousness, right? It's not being used. For some of us our faith is dead. Right? For some of us we just need that faith to be renewed, to bring back to the forefront of our memory how good of a God it is that we serve. Right? And the same God that we read about in the Old Testament is the same God that we serve today under the new. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 6, it says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. We're familiar with this passage, right? Mm -hmm. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. If I wasn't uh, a, a Bible reading person, Bible studying person, I would think that that main ingredient right here, which is faith, if you were just to ask me what do I need to Please God, I would first think uh, probably be perfect, perfection, right? Mm-hmm. God wants perfect people. That's what I would initially think, but we know that that's not true, right? Mm-hmm. I would think uh, pure, purity. God is expecting to have pure people to please Him, right? Mm-hmm. But we know that that's not true. Mm-hmm. Right? God wants us to have faith, right? Mm-hmm. So without faith, it is impossible to please him. So you can do any and everything in your power to please God in your own way, but if you don't have faith, mm-hmm. you're not pleasing him, right? Mm-hmm. So my question to you is what do you have faith in? Right? Romans 10:17. We know that this is the first step of the five steps to salvation, right? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Uh, so that's not just hearing godly things or churchy things, right? That's hearing anything. So what are you listening to? What are you listening to? We touched on it last week on Wednesday then on the, uh, the, the evening devotionals, right? What are you listening to? Who are you listening to, you know? For some of us, we we, we tune into CNN, MSNBC, uh, WSB TV, the news, right? That's what we're listening to. For some of us, we tune into uh, secular music, right? Hip-hop, R&B, jazz, uh, uh, country. We tune into these things, right? For some of us, we listen to podcasts, right? But my question is, what are you listening to? If you're taking in more of the world than you are Bible, well, that's an error, right? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. if you're taking in more Bible than the world, then you in good stand. Yeah. But my question is, what are you listening to? That's going to have uh, effect on your faith, yeah. right? Because mm-hmm. the things that we listen to are of the world, that's not going to give you any sense of assurance to stand on whenever those life trials and tribulations come your way, yeah. right? Yeah. So you're not going to have any substance to pull from when you're listening to Cardi B or or uh, Drake. You know what I'm saying? I get it. I like it too. I can dunk you with the best of them. But the thing is, if that's what you're primarily feeding yourself, what are you going to pull from when life starts going upside your head? Amen. You know, because at one point or another, it's going to attack us all. You know, and we need to be able to rely and to pull on the Word of God to sustain us through those tough times. Right. So it was read right into your hearing, Second Kings chapter four, verses one through seven. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha saying, your servant, my husband is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. We see this woman, she has an issue, right? She's not only now in grief with the loss of her husband, but now she is responsible for his debt that he left behind, right? So it's not like he died and his debts went away with him. The creditor is expecting a payment on his debt still, right? So not only does she have to deal with the loss of her husband, now she's got to figure out how she's going to pay his debts, right? Obviously, she doesn't have the funds to pay his debts, so now the creditor is coming to take her sons, right? And not just to take them so they can work his debts off, but to be his slave, right? So Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Uh, when I first read that second uh, verse right there, I chuckled to myself because to me, this is a typical man's response to a problem, right? How can I fix it for you? Not how you're feeling, How did this make you feel? Nothing like that. But how can I fix this situation for you? And as, I don't want to say most women, but some women don't know. You know what I'm saying? You can't answer the question. So he went on to his next question. What was that? Tell me what do you have in the house? She answered that question, right? So she didn't answer the first, what can I do for you? She answered what does she have in the house? She said she has but a jar of oil. So some of us will look at our situations and forget how God can fix the situation. We look at what we have in reference to that situation. You know what I'm saying? So we look at our issue and we don't think about how God can fix it. We think about what we have and try to make sense of what we have in reference to how we can get that to fix our issue. Right? Then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels, do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons, then pour it into all the vessels and set it aside before. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her, and she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels before, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not Another vessel. So the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay your debt, and you and your sons live on the rest. (laughs) Let's look at this in its pieces. What do you desire? That was the first question that Elisha asked this woman. What do you desire? Right? Not in that sense, but he said, What shall I do for you? Right? In a sense, so what do you desire? Some of us, like I said before, we don't know what it is that we desire. If, if, if I tell you right now, tell me exactly to the cent, how much debt you have, and I will pay it all for you, we can't say the exact number, right? We can say, you know what I got about 72,500, right? That's how much I need. If I say the exact cent, how much, Do you need, you know? I will pay it off for you. A lot of us, we won't know, right? Because we don't know what exactly it is that we desire. Mm -hmm. You know, what is it do we desire? So, he went on to the next question, right? What do you have, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like I said before, a lot of us will look at what we have first and try to make sense of how we can fix our issue with what we desire, right? So we would limit God based on what we have to fit what we desire. So what I mean by that, we may not have $72,500 or whatever the cents is to pay our bills. So we're gonna limit God and say, you know what? He probably can't pay all of that off for me. So we're just gonna say, you know what? I'm gonna limit my desires based on what I have. I have a lot of debt, so I'm gonna decrease what I desire out of life, you know? I have a lot of student loan debts, I have the X, Y, and Z, so I'm going to decrease what I desire because of what I have, you know. Mm-hmm. So if, perfect example, if I have this collection, right, mm-hmm. someone who puts $5 in over here and, and someone who puts $5 in over here, the amount that they put in here is exactly the same, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But their faith can be in two totally different places, right? Amen. So someone who put five dollars in over here, that's all they have, right? Mm-hmm. That is everything that they have. Their faith is, hey, I'm gonna put everything I got in this collection plate, and God is gonna figure out the rest for. Mm-hmm. Someone over here put five dollars in. That's not even a tenth of one percent of what they have, mm-hmm. and they are basing their faith or their increase off of that, you know. So I'm gonna put five dollars in because so and so put five dollars in, and We should have the same results, you know, but we know that that's not the case, right? Mm -hmm. Your faith is based on where you are in life. So let's think about this. Let's go to Mark chapter five, Mark five verses. uh, what is it? 24. Mark chapter five. Yes. Mark chapter five, verse 24. We all familiar with the story. The woman with the issue of blood, Mm -hmm. right? The woman with the issue of blood. We have Jesus. He's in this big crowd being pushed to and fro and whatnot, and he's going to Jairus' house to save his daughter, right? He's going to Jairus' house to save his daughter because his daughter is ill, gravely ill. And in the midst of him being in this crowd, a woman with the issue of blood, she had this issue for 12 years. She went to doctors, spent everything that she had. Her faith is if I just touch the hem of Jesus' clothes, I will be healed, right? She received that blessing of her issue being healed once she did that. Correct? Mm -hmm. Now, does that mean that everybody who was in the crowd that was pushing and touching on Jesus got a healing as well? No. 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 Exactly. So our faith meets us where we are. So if our faith is in Christ and we don't believe that he's going to do it based on what we have, that's an issue. We're not going to receive that increase that we're looking for. Mm -hmm. Right? But if... We believe that no matter what we have, He's gonna fix our issue. Mm -hmm. Then we know we're gonna get what we need, right? Close the door and pour. Close the door and pour. Now, this is speaking to shutting out all distractions from around you, right? Back to the story with the issue with the woman with the issue of blood. When once Jairus made it to. Well, once Jesus made it to Jairus' house, you had people crying and and wailing and making commotion and whatnot, and Jesus only allowed a certain amount of people in in the room, and he shut everyone else out. He he pushed everyone else out of the room and had just the parents and his disciples with him. That's what we have to do sometimes, Mm -hmm. right? Because we can be easily distracted by the things that we see in this world, the things that we hear, the people that are around us, right? So if the folks that are around us are not speaking life into us, right? If they are not uh, in agreement with the word of God, then it will distract us, right? Case in point, why are you doing this? Why are you doing X, Y, and Z for the church? Why are you doing X, Y, and Z for God? You know it didn't work out last time. Why are you going to do it again, you know? That's a distraction, right? That's, that, 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 that's a little seed of doubt that can... Throw your faith off, right? We know all it takes is just a little mustard seed side of, a size of faith to move mountains, right? So the smallest amount of doubt can distract us and throw us off, right? So close the door and pour. When we think about these vessels, what happened with the vessels? They gathered vessels from everywhere, right? Everywhere. So they were dependent on other people. For some of us, that's that pride issue. Some of us don't have the, the, the gall to put our pride to the side and say, I need help. I need help. They needed help. They only had one jar of oil, right? One jar of oil. So Elijah told them to go borrow oil from everywhere, your neighbor's house. Go gather as much as you can handle. Now, they did so. And they went in the house, closed the door, and poured. That's a measure of their faith, right? They could have gathered three bottles of oil, Three jars of oil, or 300 jars of oil. Mm -hmm. Whatever that number was, it was a measure of their faith, Mm -hmm. right? So whenever that oil stopped, or whenever the last jar was filled, that's when the oil stopped pouring, Mm -hmm. right? And we know that it was only God to fill all of those jars, right? Mm -hmm. And her faith in God to continue to pour into each vessel. And what we would have the idea to think is... uh, we want to see the jar get full and then pour it out just to make sense of it, right? Mm-hmm. It gets full and then we pour it out. It gets full and then pour it pours out. How about it? it just, we just try God. Just pour it and it comes out, right? Mm-hmm. We just try God. We just pour it and it keeps coming out. Mm-hmm. So my question to you is how many vessels are you setting out for God, oh, right? right? So by vessels in life, right, we, we, we go to God. Yes, I, I want God to help me with my job. I want God to help me with my marriage and that's it, you know? We just set those two vessels out, and we hope that God is going to pour oil into them. You know what I'm saying? How many times do we find ourselves relying on the world to fix our issues than us turning to God to fix our issues? Right? And that's what i talk about. It goes back to what you're listening to. Yeah. It goes back to what you listen to. If, if you're listening to worldly things all the time, then that's what you're going to turn to in times of need, right? But if you listen to Bible things all the time, then that's what you're going to turn to in times of need. Uh, my wife and I was talking a couple days ago, and, and I was explaining it. It's very easy. Well, technology makes it easy to serve God or to study God's word, right? Because we all have smartphones right for the most part I'm sure everybody has a smartphone you can download the Bible app and the Bible will read to you you don't have to sit there and read it and flip through pages yourself it will read to you if you don't know how to study if you download the Bible app they have study plans that will read to you they have videos associated with it so that way you can actually study you can actually listen to the Bible and there are also Bible podcasts that you can listen to as well and if you're on a computer, you can go to BibleGateway.com and that will read to you as well. You know? So it is really no excuse not to study God's word. I'm always driving. I'm a truck driver. I'm on the road. I don't have time to read. Plug in your aux auxiliary cord and plug it up to your phone or if you've got Bluetooth, connect it to your radio and just press play and it'll continue to read to you. And before you know it, you done read through an entire chapter, an entire book of the Bible, and it didn't take any time. You know, but if you're sitting there fumbling, going through different pages, it's going to put you to sleep and you're not going to remember a word that was said. But if you listen to it, it sounds like a story and you're going to retain the information. Right. So technology is aiding us in studying God's word. You know, but technology can also hinder us and prevent us from studying God's word because now we can find ourselves being entertained with a million and one different things. Right. With TV, with radio, with uh, 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 satellite radio with uh, social media we can distract ourselves with a million and one different things but what are you going to tune into are you going to consciously make the decision you know what first thing in the morning I'm not going to check social media I'm not going to check my email I'm not going to check my, my phone I'm just going to dedicate this first hour uh, first 30 minutes even to listening or studying the word of God you know? so that way first thing I wake up that's what I'm digesting you know, mm-hmm. I'm not digesting what The Shade Room has to say. I'm not digesting what WSB TV or Fox 5 has to say. I'm not digesting what CNN has to say. The first thing I'm gonna to listen to in the morning is gonna be the word of God.
1: You know? yeah. Yeah.
0: Make that be a conscious decision that you make every day and it's gonna become a habit, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So you make it a habit and eventually you're not even gonna think about it, you're gonna start doing it every day. It's gonna become repetition, mm-hmm. right? Before you go to bed, let that be the last thing that you think about on your, on your mind, right? Mm-hmm. Because we can go to bed listening to smooth jazz. we can go to bed listening to Kiss 104.1, the quiet stone or whatever, you know. But what is that going to do to edify you and your strength? And, and what is that going to do to keep you strong in this fight that we're fighting in spirit, right? Yeah. So, uh, verse 5. She went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her, and she poured it out. Now it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said to her sons, bring me another vessel. For some of us, that's going to be a testimony for us. Now it came to pass. If we trust in God, right? Mm-hmm. Now it came to pass. We could be able to say that. Now it came to pass. Once I actually did what God wanted me to do, I set out all these vessels before him, and he filled them up, you know? Mm-hmm. I just tipped my oil, and he provided. God provided, mm-hmm. right? And then he said to her, there is not another vessel, so their oil ceased. She came and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and repay your debt. Mm-hmm. And you and your sons live on the rest. So we know the oil obviously had value, and the oil was obviously enough to pay the debt off and, and still live off of it, you know. But this woman, in the beginning, she was in a pickle, right, because she's a widow now. her financial resource is gone, her husband, you know. So now she's being threatened with a subsidiary financial resource. Her son's being taken away from her to repay her husband's debt, you know. So she don't know how she's going to get her issue fixed. So she turned to a man of God, you know? So what we see in, uh, in this passage right here, we have uh, what's sometimes referred to as types and shadows, right, when it comes to studying God's word and relating Old Testament truths to New Testament yeah. facts as well, right? Mm-hmm. So you have Elijah, the prophet, and this widow with an issue, right? it could be compared to Jesus and us, right? We should be the ones to turn to Jesus for all of our needs, right? And he can point us in the direction. But if we don't turn to his word, if we don't know where to begin, that's on us, right? The word is never changing. The word is always staying the same, right? So we can always turn to the word of God to point us in the right direction of where we need to go. You understand what I'm saying? So a lot of us think that We can have expectations of God, but if we don't prepare for what we're expecting, then it leads to frustration, right? Mm -hmm. So, so, how can I say, expectation without preparation equals frustration, Mm -hmm. right? So you have this expectation of God to deliver you from your calamity, bless you, to deliver you from this worldly thing that you're experiencing, But you're not prepared to receive it,
1: right? right?
0: You're not prepared to receive it. So you haven't set your vessels out for him to allow you to pour your oil into it. You know what I'm saying? So expectations without that preparation is going to lead to frustration, right? So this is one thing I want us to, to, I guess, start thinking about. What is it that we desire? What is it that we desire? What we desire, those need to be the vessels that we need to set out for God to fill up. Right? Amen. Stuff that we cannot do on our own. She couldn't repay that debt on her own. She needed a, a miraculous miracle, right? Mm-hmm. She needed her debts to be paid. What are we going to set out for God to fill our vessels, right? How many vessels are we going to set out? Yeah. What do you have? Do you have a gift within you already, but you just think that it's, uh, it's nothing? I have nothing but, you know? It's nothing but, you know? How many nothing buts do we have? that can actually give us what we desire, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. We need to close the door and pour, right? We need to shut out all distractions because that distraction, it will prevent us from doing what we need to do, Mm -hmm. right? It will prevent us from executing when we need to execute because we have other people in our ear telling us one thing when the word of God is telling us something completely different. You know, but we haven't spent time in the word of God. So that way we don't know what the word of God says in this situation. So now we're going to turn to the world for a solution. Right. And we know whenever we turn to the world for a solution, it's not going to work out in our favor all the time. Right. When she told her sons to bring her another vessel. Like I said before, that was a measurement of their faith. Right. That was a measurement of their faith. Their faith was to bring... However many vessels they brought at that time, you know, she was wanting another one, and there was no other vessel to bring. All because they put a limit on God's providing, right? How often do we limit God in providing for us, you know? How often do we look at our situation and say, you know what, God, he, he, he can't do that. He, he can't fix this situation for me, you know? He can't bring my child back to the fold of God, right? Mm-hmm. How often are we going to find ourselves limiting God based on what we have at already, you know? If we limit God, of course, he's not going to do it, you know? So, if we only set two vessels out, obviously he can't give us uh, five vessels for it because we only set out two,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? So, if we just set everything out, let God be the provider for everything that we need, then he can provide it. If he don't, That's that's his business, you know? Mm -hmm. At least we set the vessels out, you know? Mm -hmm. But he can't provide it if we don't set the vessels out. Mm -hmm. Make sense? All right. And we know this is that step, right? That first step we talked about, hearing. Mm -hmm. We talked about it, hearing. Verse 10, 17, right? Romans here it comes by the word of God we know we must believe we know we must repent we know we must confess we know we must be baptized and then that will lead to salvation however if we don't hear the right things we will never ultimately reach salvation so we must hear the right things then we can believe the right things then we can repent of our sins, confess Jesus is Christ, son of the living God, and then be baptized for the remission of our sins. But if we are constantly feasting on things of the world, if we're constantly feasting on other things, uh, things that are other than the word of God, then we're not going to receive that salvation because we're listening to outside distractions, right? Those outside distractions, that's always going to deter us from the word of God. And if we think about it, if you spend two days, maybe three, out of the week here at this building, right? For an hour, maybe two at the most, compared to you spending four days out in the world, the rest of the three days that you're here out in the world, you're spending more time there than you are here, right? So if you limit your diet, of God's word only to the time of the year in this building, that's the wrong answer. Right? That's the wrong answer. We need to feast on God's word outside of this building. We need to feast on it every single day. It is crucial. And if we don't, it's going to show. It's going to show because we're going to turn to the world for a solution to our problems every single time. Right? Our first instinct is not going to be, you know what? I'm going to give it to God. I'm going to pray about it and let him handle it. Our first instinct is going to be how can I fix this situation, mm-hmm. you know? How can I, uh, now we got a lot of scams going on, how can I scam our way out of this situation, mm-hmm. you know? Because the word of God is not in us, we're not turning to the world first, Cor- correction. we're not turning to God first, we're turning to the world because that's what we're composing our diet. Mm-hmm. Right? So our diet is mainly the world. We're not feasting on God's word. Our faith is not where it should be but we get frustrated when things don't work out our way in a spiritual sense. You know what, I tried God, but it didn't work out for me. Well, did you really try him? You know, that would be my question. Did you really try God the way you say you did, you know? Because my God, I, I know he can't lie, right? He will make a way out of nowhere and he will provide. Now, it may not work out the way that you want it to work out, but it will work out the way God wants it to work out in the end, you know? And there have been, I'm sure you can attest as well, so many situations that I've been involved in personally. But I couldn't have figured that out if I wanted to.
1: Mm-hmm. You
0: know. I couldn't have figured that out what I, if, I, if I wanted to. But it all starts with knowing what you desire. You know. Knowing what you desire. I knew what I wanted. <coughs> I knew what I wanted in a wife. Exactly, I knew exactly what it was that I wanted. You know, I wanted someone who was not in the club, I wanted someone who, if we had daughters, I want them to be just like me. I knew I wanted someone who uh, was in the church, I knew I wanted someone who can hold me down and lift me up in times of need. Right, I know I wanted someone who. Worked in the same profession that I did, so that way they can understand the stresses and struggles that I go through at work. You know, that was important for me. And I knew I found it in poly, right? So I knew exactly what it was that I desired. You know, so once I found it, I locked it down. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm, I wasn't gonna let that get away. You know. But uh, so knowing what we desire, it is very important. You know, and I think about that. First, um, when it comes to my kids, you know, every day I ask my daughters at some point, "What do you want to eat?" They say, "I don't know." Yeah. <laughs> but they quick to tell me, "I'm hungry." Okay, cool. You're, you're hungry, or, all right. What do you have a taste for? I don't know. You know, they, they, they don't know what they desire. You know, they don't know what they want. You know, so when I make a decision, you know what? This is where we're going. I don't want to eat that. You know? Well, you're not hungry then, you know what I'm saying? But know what it is that you desire. It's very important because now you can look at what you have, you know? What do you have? I have the ability to go get something to eat, cool. I had the, the desire to be a husband eventually, you know? I had the desire to want to make Polly a wife. So what do you have? Do you have anything, you know? Most likely you do. But you cannot put a limit on what you have and try to fit God into that mold, you know? And you cannot limit God based on what you have because the whole universe is his. Everything is his. So he is not limited based on what you have, you know? So if you have just a little bit, then a little bit is all he needs to get you to where you need to be, right? If you have a lot, cool. You got a lot to get you to where you need to be. But don't put a... Uh, uh, a limit on God's ability to provide for you based on what you have. You
1: know?
0: Make sure you close that door and pour. Okay? Make sure you close that door, shut out all distractions that's not conducive to the word of God, shut those distractions out and close the door and focus on you and God, you know. For some of us, we have to go to our prayer closet. For some of us, we have to go to our own little prayer rooms or, or our own little area by ourselves or just go for a ride in the car by ourselves to have that one-on-one time between us and God. Mm-hmm. If that's what you have to do, do that.
1: You know? Let that
0: be your time between you and God and focus on closing that door and pouring out that oil. Mm-hmm. Okay, Because the moment distraction sets in, now doubt sets in, and now you're going to be distracted from you and your mission for God. Now you're going to be distracted from uh, pouring out the oil. You know? Now you're going to discredit God based on you being distracted. You know? I got distracted and it's God, he's not performing. You know? Well, you're not focused on him anyways. You know? You're letting the naysayers and the outside talk get to you, and now you're being easily distracted. You know? So if you're easily distracted, I'm easily distracted. So shut the door and pull. You know? So sometimes I gotta go off by myself and just have that one-on-one time between me and God because life can be distracting for me, you know? Whether it be work, whether it be home life, whether it be trying to be a, 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 a supervisor, life can be distracting. And always being connected by the phones, always being connected by um, any way to get in contact with me, that is easily distracting, you know? So I know that about myself, so I need to shut the door and pour, you know? The amount of vessels that God fills up for is predicated on our faith. Okay? Mm-hmm. If our faith is only us setting out two or three vessels, then that's all he can pour.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? That's all he can fill up. But if our faith is four or five hundred vessels, we give him everything, then that's what he can fill up as well. You know? mm-hmm. He's not limited based on what we think or what we see. He's, based, he's limited based on our faith in Him. You know, if we don't have the faith to believe that He can do it, then He won't. Right? But if we have the faith to believe that He can do anything and everything, and we can do everything through Him, we're not putting limitations on God. Right? Whether it be with sickness, whether it be with job security, whether it be with improving your marriage, whether it be uh, improving your relationship with your parents, if we don't put limitations on God, then He can do anything and everything. But the moment we do put limitations on God, then he's just gonna stop right there, Mm -hmm. you know? So if we only believe that God can provide to pay our bills, that's it, you know? Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, our relationship with our loved ones are in shambles, Mm -hmm. you know? But God can provide for that as well, you know? It's not just monetary things, it's also spiritual things, right? Sustaining you in that time of need, because like I said before, we all gonna encounter situations where money is not gonna fix that issue. Mm Our decree, our education is not gonna fix that issue. Our knowledge of worldly facts is not gonna fix that issue. Amen. The only thing that can fix that issue is our faith and trust in God. Amen. Period. You know? And if we don't believe that, then that, that that's it. I mean, we, we just limit we just limited God and his abilities, mm-hmm. you know, based on our beliefs, based on our understanding. But if we believe that he can fix any and everything, mm-hmm. then That's what he can do, you know. We received a report that, hey, I just got diagnosed with cancer. Okay, cool. Cancer, that's a name. But let me tell you another name. Jesus, right? And that's above any any other name, right? And, yes, I received that I got cancer. However, if me having to go through chemotherapy to get this miracle, then I'm going to walk through chemotherapy to get this miracle, right? So, let's not limit God based on our circumstances, right? Since our circumstances can change at any time, for better or worse, you know? And if we don't put a limit on God and his ability, then he can show out in our lives in ways we can't even imagine. And we know that it's not because of our own doing, it's because of how good and how awesome of God it is that we serve. Right? But, if we don't get in that right fellowship with him, then no matter what we believe, it's not gonna work out in our favor because we're not, in, we're not walking in fellowship with him the way that he wants us to, right? We can't serve God the way that we want to and get results from him, you know what I'm saying? We need to serve him the way that he wants to be served. Right? And that starts off first by getting baptized or getting your soul saved the way that he ordered us to, right? Mm -hmm. With hearing first, then believing, then repenting, confessing, then being baptized ultimately, Mm -hmm. and then living a faithful life after that. Mm Amen. Okay. Y'all got something out of that? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Amen. I don't don't wanna take too much time because I looked at the forecast and that rain is starting to turn into snow apparently. Mm -hmm. So the temperature dropping out there. So I don't want to have y'all drive too far and have to drive in slick weather. But I do want to leave you with that. Trust God. Put out as many vessels as you can think of and let him fill it out. Mm
1: -hmm. Don't
0: try to make sense of it yourself. Let him fill up your vessels for you. All you have to do is set it out. If you don't have any vessels, go borrow some. Go borrow some and set those out. Right? So if you don't even know where to begin to, to allow God to take precedence in your life, go speak to somebody. Borrow some vessels, right? And set those vessels up. Granted, they're not yours, but the oil is yours, right? I have nothing but. You got nothing but whatever you have. And let that be what God used to fill up your vessels, right? So like I said, if you don't have any, that's cool. Neither did she. She went and borrowed some. She went and asked for help. She humbled herself, asked for some help. And she has some vessels to put out. Mm-hmm. If you don't have any vessels to put out other than your work and your marriage and you need some other vessels, ask for help. Because mm-hmm. I guarantee you, there's plenty of other people around here that can give you some vessels to put out for God to fill out. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. All right? So, I just want to leave y'all with that. Here are my vessels. Here are my vessels. Where are your vessels? Okay? Where are your vessels? And I want you to know that you have to be in that right relationship first Amen. in order for God to fill up investors vessels for you. Amen. Okay. So it's a very imperative that we execute in the right way Amen. in order to get in that right fellowship with God for him to pour out that oil into our vessels. Amen? Amen? Amen. All right. Amen. Stand for a closing song and a closing prayer. 598.
1: 598. Glory